What's the scoop around the NBA? Let's find out with the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory, with another Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast episode. Once again, I am pleased to be joined by Joe Farrow. How's it going, Joe? Doing good, man. Long day today, but we got some news to talk about, so I'm ready to dive in. Oh, yeah. And we are excited to introduce Anthony Dittmar, who was unable to be with us on episode one, but he is here for this episode. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing well, doing well. Been a little busy, but uh, I'm doing well. Excited to talk some hoops, talk some NBA, a lot of stuff going on. So excited to dive into it. Oh, yeah. And um, we discussed after the first episode, we're going to kind of start every podcast with a what's the scoop segment where we're going to run through quickly all of the drama, rumors, everything that's going on in basketball besides the actual basketball itself. So to start real quick, we talked about Ja Morant yesterday um, and everything that's going on with Ja. He did release a statement after we finished recording, so I do just want to read Ja Morant's statement. It was, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself, end quote. So that was John Morant's statement after a second video was discovered on Instagram Live of him with a firearm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see that? Like, that was like a response from Chat GPT or whatever. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I didn't know how legit it was. Those. That's. I don't know how real it is, but like, if that is, if that is it, that's so funny. But I mean, if, <laughs> if those are his words, and I, I just hope he's serious about it, truthfully. Yeah, and I mean, Anthony, me and Joe, we kind of talked about yesterday when um, Adam Silver was had an interview with Malika Andrews, and he looked, like, visibly disturbed. I know there's a lot of talk about how the NBA is going to go hard on Ja Morant, kind of send a message even was words that I've seen used. Um, do you have any thoughts on the entire situation, Anthony, that you want to quickly say real quick? Yeah, it's obviously unfortunate the fact that this is like going on. He's like top 15, top 20 type of talent in the league. And regardless, like he obviously is struggling to like act appropriately. Like, yeah, it wasn't illegal, but it's not great behavior to like kind of show to your fans, show to people that are supporting you. And I think that league is going to come down hard on him. Like they're going to have to set a precedent. Like he got a little slap on the wrist of the eight game suspension last year. He checked himself into rehab for a few days. Um, but yeah, I think this one's going to be over half a season, at least to send him a message. Like this is a privilege, not an honor. Like it's like a privilege and it's not like a guarantee. And he calls himself already 60 million from not, for not making all NBA teams. He likely was going to make an all NBA team and now he's going to cost himself a lot more. So hopefully this is like wakes him up to realize he needs to get his stuff together. Yeah, I think that's, that's well said. I mean, I kind of, I guess I estimated like 20 to 30 game suspension, um, I think half is there. Like once the suspension is actually given, we'll obviously go through it more. It just sucks. That's all I can say. Like like me and Joe were saying yesterday, we want to see John Morant play basketball. Um, so let's move on. Enough with John Morant. Um, this was a bunch of information from Chris Haynes' article today. Um, Philadelphia 76ers James Harden intends to decline his $35.6 million player option. Um He's looking for, I think I saw like a three to four year deal. Mm. Uh, if I'm an NBA team, I'm not giving James Harden a four year deal. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would not either. 
if I had to guess where he's going right now, I would say it's fifty percent Houston, then twenty five Philly, twenty five Phoenix. Um, four years though for a thirty four year old guy that's been deteriorating and's never taken his fitness seriously. I don't know if that's I try to do that if I'm a contender. I think two years is more than fair considering how he's looked the last two years in terms of like the lack of consistency in terms of like scoring the basketball and making like an impact how he used to. Um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think when you look at James Harden and his decline in play over the last couple of years, it's the literal definition of losing a step. Like James Harden used to have <laughs> the, the most explosive first step in basketball and it wasn't even close. And that's really what his whole game uh, predicated off of like that first step is what allowed him to use that lethal step back and just lace it in people's faces. And people were, people were literally guarding him with hands behind his back, but he's deteriorated so much to this point where I'm not giving him a four-year deal, especially at that age. Yeah. And it's, I, I think his best case scenario is that he somehow ends up on Phoenix next to Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Maybe I, I don't know how they make it work money wise. Obviously, Chris Paul would have to be gone. They'd probably have to move Aiton as well. Um, but he can kind of just play out that three year deal next to Kevin Durant. Um, be like the ultimate floor general um, oh, next to Booker so KD. Well, the last two times. <laughs> hey man, the Nets would have been a champion if Kyrie didn't get hurt that year. <laughs> Yeah. You guys think I don't know. I think I think if he wants a payday, if that's what he cares about, I think Houston's gonna deal out the, the checkbook the most. Houston, if he wants Houston at least a three year max if he wanted to go back to Houston and he was just looking for money. Yeah, because if they're not gonna get anyone, like I feel like a big thing was gonna be if they got like a top three pick, because like everyone's calling this like a three person, three headed draft kind of. If they got one of those guys, I felt like it would have been like, hey, Harding comes, then we get a third guy. But now that they like it, that's not happening. I don't know. Maybe like they overpay just to like kind of get relevant again. They probably that that seems to be a direction that they could certainly be headed. Especially Ime Udoka, the new coach. Obviously, he said like he's not here to keep rebuilding. He wants to win. So I mean, going out and signing a guy like James Harden, they are, there's already rumors that they might throw a a lot of money at a restricted free agent, in particular Cam Johnson, since he seems to be the best restricted free agent on the board this offseason. That's attainable that they could throw a lot of money at him and then also still have the money to offer James Harden like a max contract along with a top four pick in the draft. So can I, can I throw a quick name out there? Yeah. I feel like people are not talking about the Bucs letting Chris Middleton probably potentially walk and then going to like a team like Houston that may like just want to desperately get a start. That's certainly another one, especially considering they just but the only way the only reason I'd rule that out is because they fired Budenholzer. So I feel like that's a one of those situations where it's like, okay, we'll ride it out another year. And if if we already tried the coaching route, then it's time to try to surround Giannis with somebody else. And you just paid a King's ransom for Drew Holiday, Middleton would be the guy. But I, I feel like, I feel like we're a year a away from that. He's been injured a lot, like, and he's like, a, he's like an older guy. Like, he's a four-year college guy. He was like kind of like in the G League for a few years, not a great player. So he's like in his, I think, mid thirties or low thirties. Yeah. But like, his health is deteriorating. Maybe they sense the set, like the fact that like, hey, the owner is trying to sell. He just sold. the The coach just got fired. Maybe Giannis stuff is getting a little real. Maybe we need to get like a better second co-star. Maybe the Bucks get a little crazy. Certainly, yeah. I mean. I- that would certainly be the time to do it, I think, because owners, I think, two owners have a history of coming in and making big moves. Look at what Matt Ishbia just did, getting Kevin Durant as soon as he took over the team. 
Yeah, I think in general, this NBA offseason is going to be absolutely insane, and I'm excited to cover it. Um, moving on from James Harden, Ty Lu is in discussions with the Clippers ownership, Steve Ballmer. Um, Mark Stein reports that he doesn't want an extension. He wants a new deal. Um, obviously, there's been rumors of the Suns wanting to somehow pry Ty Lue away from the Clippers. Um it was reported that Steve Ballmer is a huge fan of Ty Lue and that the two have a great working relationship. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, Joe and I discussed the coaching carousel that could be happening with all of the coaches on the top teams in the league that got let go and how they're likely just going to relocate to a different city. Um, Ty Lue would be at that discussion if he does not come to a new deal or an agreement with the Clippers. Yeah, I think he's probably the t- I would call him the t- if he gets comes available, be the top coaching potential like higher on the market because i think originally there was this like stigma that he was like a lebron product i think he's kind of proved that he's not and he's like actually a great coach i think he's a little frustrated about his players lack of availability and like you include like if you implant like ty lu on the box or on the suns or on the sixers it makes them that much more formidable and like hey maybe you get more availability out of your stars so i wouldn't be shocked if like he tries to get out of this yeah, talking to multiple people that have um that are that have fandom for the Clippers, they do not want Ty Lue back either. They would be actually upset if he resigns just because they believe he has some random affiliation with Marcus Morris and, and he was being played for no reason. <laughs> some of the rotational wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> some of the some of the rotational decisions in the in the Clippers organization this year were certainly interesting at times, but I don't know. There's I got that- a question for you guys. In all of team sports, does any fan base actually like the coach that coaches their team? Uh, there, they- if You can probably count it on one hand, the amount of fan bases that actually like their head coach. In and all- I'm not talking just NBA. I'm talking like yeah. all sports. There's certain there's certain guys like like Eric Spolstra is always. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> He's certainly one that's always in the clear. Uh I Belichick. even like I have I have a lot of Patriots fans. There is they were given a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of Patriots a lot of Patriots fans are not happy with Bill over the last couple of years. I know that they don't like how they didn't have an offensive coordinator last year. Like they're giving a lot of shit to Bill Belichick too. Like that's what I'm saying, though. It's crazy. A fan base just hates the coach no matter what they do, I feel like. Unless they win a championship every year. Well yeah. the, the fans are fans all think that they should be the coach. So if they're not right. doing what they want, then it's the easiest scapegoat rather than blaming players, you blame the coach. It's the easiest yeah. thing ever. People blame coaches at youth levels. If their kid's not playing, they blame the coach. Right, hundred yeah. percent. It's like maybe your kid um, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick with the coaching thing from Woj, uh two minutes ago. The Milwaukee Bucks interviewed the Washington Wizards assistant, Joseph Blair, for the franchise's head coaching job. Blair won a 2019 G League title with the Rio Grande Valley before advancing to an assistant with the Wizards. Um, so I do think out of all the teams that we've mentioned, the Bucks and Woj has also reported this, the Bucks are the team that's most out there with their coaching search, whereas the other teams are probably going to sign someone that just got fired. Um, all right, and then the Suns are likely to bring back Chris Paul. Um, they're Damn. likely to guarantee the full salary of Chris Paul. Yeah. That's so which tough. ah, I don't know, man. I just like if Kyrie Irving or James Harden wants to go to Phoenix, granted, obviously, it didn't work out in Brooklyn. Um, there's a lot of outside factors, but 
how do you keep Chris Paul if one of those two are an option? Like at this point, basketball wise, they're a better option than Chris Paul. Well, the simple answer is how do you get off of Chris Paul? That's the that's that, true. That's why you keep him. He has what a forty yeah. million dollar salary for one more year. It's it's tough. That's a tough. That's a really bad contract that he's on, and like not even and like he's obviously declined on the offensive end. His pass his passing ability is still there. That's really never going to go away. But in the great words of Patrick Beverly, they call him Cone because he legit cannot move on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had his harsh decline the last few years. I think he changed the culture in Phoenix. He made them relevant in 2021, and like like he he did like prove himself there. Last year they were great. They win like sixty plus games. This year it just there's not much left in the tank, man. Now everybody can go like LeBron is like there's a father time is undefeated, and <laughs> seems like he's on his last legs. And that contract is terrible. And if the Suns really want to compete next year, they kind of have to improve in that position. Yeah, that's fair. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then I, I mean, we just had the draft lottery last night. Obviously, the Blazers got the third pick. And there's multiple reporters putting it out there that the Blazers are accepting calls for that number three pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Um, Portland is committed to building a contending roster around its star, Damian Lillard. Um, apparently, it's been reported that Lillard and ownership and management with the Blazers are on the same page. I feel like we hear this every single offseason. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those stories that just constantly resurfaces. If I'll tell you this, it's May 17th. A lot can change between now and July 1st when a lot of movement happens. Um, I think the the Blazers would be a little foolish to do something like that. I think the ship has sailed. You need to get max value for this guy. You can can pair Simons, Shaden Sharp, and then either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. And create a legit young core and then also with whatever you get for Dame and then that just seems like the better move to make we'll see if it actually does happen they could, they could swing a move to get someone that's like a star caliber player maybe Dame's okay with it but it's early I think stuff can change a lot yeah. of can change like you said we're a month and a half out from when like free agency officially starts and like we're only like a month away from the actual NBA draft so it would definitely have to happen sooner rather than later but I think the best route for Portland right now is probably to trade Dame. Now, now that you've secured that top three pick, you're getting a very, very good young talent, no matter who you end up with. If you stick at three and you get either Scoot or Brandon Miller, then you could still get good value for Dame. So simple as that, honestly. I feel like you're already in a prime draft spot. Why not get more of that and then just go – and then you not even to mention you can you can still find a suitor for like a guy like Yusuf Nurkic or or uh I'm not sure. I think Jeremy Grant might be up this season or he might have a player option, but guys like that, like people people will still pay premium for guys like that. Yeah, I just want to float out some rumors, say they are willing to keep Dame. Dame wants to be there. Um uh, Bridges has been linked to being very good friends with Dame Willard, tight with Dame. Um Pascal Siakam is another one that could be rumored to be going to the Blazers if they do end up trading that third pick. I think those are the two obvious ones. Now, would Brooklyn, would uh, the Raptors want to do that? That is to be seen. Um, If they are to trade Dame, Brooklyn could also be involved in that if they try to rebuild quick, not having their picks. Um, Obviously, Philly could be interested if they lose James Harden. So, I mean, we said it yesterday, Joe. I still think the entire offseason runs through the Trailblazers. Kind of like everything ran through the Nets last year. The Blazers are going to have to be that first domino. 
And then from Mike Scotto, um, she's reporting that the Rockets are open to trading the number four pick as well. And I quote, with Houston preparing to make an aggressive push to sign James Harden this summer, rival NBA executives believe this pick will be used as trade bait as the Rockets look to take a significant step forward next season. What are your guys' thoughts on the Rockets trading away Harden, getting a bunch of assets to maybe get Harden back and give up some of the assets? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see the I understand want it to be relevant. I also understand want to be relevant the right way. As a fan of the Nets, I know there's wrong ways to try to become relevant when you're trying to get guys past their prime. I don't know if this is the move to make. Maybe if it attracts another guy and like you have that guy and maybe the hard heel's not terrible and he somehow finds his step back, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I don't I I the four the four pick in this draft is probably the worst spot to be in. Um I just feel like it was it's a very top three heavy draft, and then it gets better towards the end of the first round in terms of like what you're getting for value at the pick. Mm-hmm. So We'll see, but I don't know what they're going to get for the number four picks. It seems like the first pick people don't want. If that does happen, I believe that the the whole reason that the stipend rule was created just com- got completely violated again by the same team, of course. Um, the Brooklyn Nets obviously had that that trade with the Celtics where they just didn't have their picks and they were the worst team in the league for like four or five consecutive years. And uh, – now the similar thing could happen. Houston will own all of Brooklyn swaps and they could easily, if they get James Harden and trade the fourth overall pick for some other crazy type of value, they could easily become a perennial, like better team than them. And like, then they'll own the, the swaps or whatever. And you could see similar situations. Like you said, if the bucks break down uh, the Chris Middleton thing and like the Pelicans have a bunch of the drew holiday swaps, I'm trying to think of any – I think there's another situation that's very similar where one team owns another team's bunch of swaps. I believe it's the Pelicans with the Lakers, actually, again. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough because rules like that are put in place for a reason, and uh, the, the Rockets would definitely have a quicker turnaround than most expected, and obviously the whole situation with the big three uh, in that was set in Brooklyn, obviously nobody could have expected all of that to happen, but it did. And the rules just getting completely like decimated once again. So it's like kind of like a dream scenario for the Rockets. I could see why they want to compete because they could compete or, or take a big swing and still have an option of moving up in the draft every other year for like the next like five years if they do pull it off and it works. But if not, then it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't see the vision personally. I don't see why they'd want to bring back Harden. Just keep building out that young core personally, but truly, hey, I'm not really. I really don't see it either. But it's like if you think about it from the perspective, okay, okay, uh, if we try to compete and we get a star, that's we. If we bring James Harden back, we're gonna sell tickets, and if we're yep. selling tickets, and then if it, James Harden would be a great mentor to a guy like Jalen Green, stuff like that, like little little things of that nature. And then on top of that, it's like okay, then as long as we we can still try to compete and then we could still have an option every other year of moving up in the draft for literally nothing for trading a guy that we have back on our team already. So that kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. I guess we'll see what they do as well. Um, And once again, we will have full coverage of everything that happens in the off season as it happens. Is there anything else we missed? It's crazy, Joe. Like we just recorded yesterday and then all of these rumors came out literally the next day. It's like the NBA just never misses, man. <laughs> literally yeah. every single day there's stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, I know it wasn't on yesterday, but I was talking to my roommate about this today. I was like, dude, NBA is like the only sport that like there's something going on at all times of the year. Like it's the season, then it's the trade deadline, then it's like season closing out, then it's playoffs, then it's draft lottery, then it's draft, then it's free agency and trades, then it's summer league, and then the season starts right before you know it. It's insane. There's always rumors, drama, and everything. It's awesome. The pinnacle of like the whole idea that the league just doesn't stop. We had the draft lottery during like happen right before a conference finals game. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. that works is just ridiculous. I saw a tweet and it was like, uh, NBA is literally just uh, what's it called? A, a reality show for men. And I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> accurate. We also have the NBA draft combine that's going on right now. So, yeah, a lot there's of only four. There's only four teams left, but there's a lot going on. Anything we I missed that you guys want to discuss before we jump into the Lakers, Nuggets, and then the Heat and Celtics? I think you hit it. Yeah, I think you hit it. All right. What do you guys want to do first? Uh, actually, yeah. Let's recap Lakers, Nuggets real quick. Um, great game. Like, it was a really I thought game. it was going to be a blowout, and the Lakers came back real strong. Uh, mainly in the fourth quarter, they went like an eight or nine zero run to close the game out. I mean, the Nuggets were ultimately able to hold on. Yeah, do the was... Lakers have a chance as the seven seven seed? Can they beat the Nuggets, who have been the best team in the West all year? I think they can. I don't know necessarily how strong their chances are, but um, there's definitely a chance when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team. You always have a chance in reality, and it's like they did that that trade that they pulled off at the deadline where. Trades. There was the, trades the, they the pulled series, off at the deadline. Yeah, the series of trades where you go out and you get Rui Hachimura for a bag of chips, and then and then you traded two bags of chips to get D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Malik Beasley, who obviously is not really factoring in that much right now. But adding Rui, D'Lo, and uh, Rui, D'Lo, and Vando, like they, they – that's an all-time type of trade or trades – that you'll see in a deadline to really turn <clears throat> to turn a team all the way around. But man, like credit to Rob Polinka. And I do think that they have a chance because this, the Lakers team does like, they don't stop fighting any team with LeBron. You always have a chance in my opinion. Yeah. I would have to agree there. I think the the first half was very discouraging. If you're a Lakers fan, um, I guess they had to get used to the altitude or the scoreboards being on, on the, the shot clocks being on the floor. But um, yeah, the second half like, really came back. I just well. want to pause, like real quick. Sorry, Anthony. That was crazy where the shot clock was. I just want to put that out there. That was insane. We, there was like a because... play early on when LeBron like had to look in the corner to see the shot clock, and he ended up like hitting the side of the backboard basically because he wasn't looking at the hoop. Yeah, based on like stuff that I know about that, the chances that happen are like almost one hundred thousand based on people I've talked to. So that's pretty crazy how that happens. But um. Yeah, going into like the adjustments the Lakers made, they the Hachimura to Jokic adjustment I thought was really good in the second half. Like it kind of like, was a little a little bit more to let Anthony Davis kind of be like that help on Jokic. I think that was a great adjustment. I thought the Lakers came back really well. I think uh, adjustment I'll make for game two. I'm just suggesting this. You start Schroeder, keep D'Lo off the bench, and you can have like a guy to take advantage of the non-Jokic minutes. Because I think the Lakers want to win this series, they need to take advantage of the non-Jokic minutes because all their offense runs through him. Whether it's eight minutes or it's fucking or it's five minutes. And yeah, and the Anthony Davis needs to just go back to playing bully ball, especially in the non-Nicole Jokic minutes. Did he have 40 yesterday? AD. Yeah, didn't he drop like 40 points? Or am I just imagining? 
I think you're imagining. I think he had a good. He ended up having a good game, but at times he um. He had forty. He did have forty, Joe. That forty. Okay, well. <laughs> he had he had forty and ten. He had three steals, two blocks. I mean, no, the yeah, stars. Yeah, on defensively, both- he looked really, really good yesterday. That was that was for sure. But I, I it's well. I don't know how much of a better game they can get. The Lakers. The eighty had forty. LeBron had twenty six, nine, and twelve. Hachimura gave him seventeen, and Austin Reeves gave him twenty three. I guess D'Lo could play a little better. Yeah, it's it's mainly D'Lo. Like D'Lo shooting four for eleven wasn't necessarily great for them. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, yeah, you're, not expecting, you're not expecting him to score, but he he went ten minutes, didn't score any points, and I feel like that's why. Um, my brother is a Laker fan, so I get the whole rundown <laughs> through. Like I get all the fan frustration about the Lakers through him, and he just wants Vando to play a lot more, but. When you have like a zero on offense on the court, it's tough, especially when like there's threats literally everywhere on the Nuggets. Um, Their offense is so beautiful. The I think the, the Nuggets shot the lights out of the ball. I just want to put that out there. They were 15 of 32 from three, whereas the Lakers were 11 of 24. So they still shot pretty well. Both teams did. But you look at the Nuggets, Porter Jr., three of six. Jokic, three of three. Murray hit four threes. Caldwell Pope hit three, and then Jeff Green and Bruce Brown were both one on one off the bench. Like that was the difference in the yeah. game. They they were shooting the absolute the absolute hell out of the ball, and like it literally seemed like they couldn't miss for most of it. Um, like I said, uh, in terms of like like, and also at the same time, like they Jokic was like on an another stratosphere yesterday. <laughs> like what Cody? When we were recording, we were recording at about the time of like halftime. And like, which yeah. already had like a twenty-eight point triple double, like with like seventeen rebounds or something like that. Like it was ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand how like the guy with like the athleticism of like a turtle still like can <laughs> just straight up dominate. It's absurd. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a perfect transition. Do you guys think that Nikola Jokic has established himself as the best player in the NBA following this postseason run so far? Or do you think he has to do a little more, close out the Lakers and win a championship? I don't think the finals, it's hard to say he's not. I don't I think he already is and I don't really even think it's close. Just the value he provides all over the floor, his passing ability, his scoring. Like he could literally score at will if he wants to, but most of the time he's really just looking to get everybody else involved. And like his biggest improvement to me is that especially last night, he isn't as much of a total liability on the defensive side of the ball where he used to, because like Joe said, he's a turtle, like he can't move. So he used to get abused in pick and roll. And he's not a great pick and roll defender by any means, but he's improved enough where he's like, he's not killing the Nuggets on defense anymore. And he's just one of the best offensive player in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's the effort is consistently there, which is the big thing with him. And that's that's probably why I was like forgetting that AD just had forty, just because of the impact that Jokic had all over the place last night, and obviously that's like the matchup down there. But like I like I said, I really don't think it's close. Just the value that Jokic provides, back to back MVP before Joel stole it from him this year, um, and that like those two MVP seasons weren't even his best seasons. Like he can he has gotten better each of the last three seasons, and I feel like it's kind of. I don't really see an argument for anybody else at this point for being the best player in basketball. Yeah, it's tough. I think I think you you hit it right on the nose. Like the value he provides you on a nightly basis is so consistent. It's insane. And I just want to throw out there: he's only twenty eight years old, so you could argue like he's just beginning his prime years. I mean, he could 
players going to the prime to especially a big man that's not built on any sort of athleticism at all, just pure skill. Um, so obviously this series, the Nuggets are up 1-0. They will play game two in Denver on Thursday. As for the other series out east, we have the Miami Heat against the Boston Celtics. Game one will be tonight in Boston. I am here to tell you guys that the Miami Heat have a 0% chance of winning this series. Oh, man. You're going even further than the ESPN analytics. They 0%. They have a three. I mean, I'm going 0%. And I know you don't want to doubt Jimmy Butler. I know that if I was recording a podcast, I would have said they have a 0% chance of beating the Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah. obviously they won. I would have said they're going to beat the Knicks because they're not a serious basketball team, but they have a 0% chance of beating the Boston Celtics. Honestly, I mean, I wouldn't say zero just because of how much Jimmy Butler turns it on. And, like, Bam Adebayo hasn't been consistently good this playoffs yet. Um, But the losses of Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo, I feel like, will definitely catch up to them this series, especially with how good the guard rotation in Boston is. Um, and I mean, let, and then Bam has to go up against Robert Williams and uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford nightly. So that's it's a tough matchup for sure for Miami. It was a very nice run, but I am definitely I'm definitely on the board on the boat that uh, Boston will kind of handle this series pretty easily. Real quick before Anthony, um, remember how I said the Milwaukee's Bucks coaching job is wide open? Woj just reported that the University of Houston coach Kelvin Sampson just interviewed for the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching job. Wow, just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there. Where it's it's like they might interview one of us next. Like they are taking everyone in. JJ Reddick's getting interviews. Why can't? <laughs> True. Um, back to the Heat and Celtics. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the series? I think the Celtics should close that quickly. I will say though, Butler's been and he's been pretty consistent in these playoffs outside of their playing game against Chicago. And I don't like the Celtics scheme. I don't like their coaching. Um, and I don't like Tatum's inconsistencies. When he's great, he's great. I can see the series going like six, but I do think the Celtics win it ultimately just based on pure talent. But I wouldn't say it's zero. I would I would give the if I had to give probabilities, I would say it's like 80-20 Celtics or 90-10. But yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, honestly. Like I, I'm definitely not gonna give a zero, Cody. That's a bold statement, especially in a <laughs> series. But like bro, they're the eight seed for a reason, man. Like, I don't know. Like they lost the first round of the play in tournament. Like they lost Tyler Hero. They lost Victor Oladipo. I mean, the Celtics are just a different animal than what they've played so far. They have a, a ton of guys that throw with Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I just think the length, I mean, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, hell, they could even throw Marcus Smart if they want to annoy Jimmy Butler. They have size, so they could, if Bam doesn't concern me with uh, Rob Wills looking better, Al Horford's Al Horford. Like, the Celtics, they're a different animal. I agree, the coaching for them has been pretty atrocious in the playoffs so far. And yeah. if Ime Udoka was still there, I think they sweep the Hawks and they probably beat the Sixers in five. Yeah, it's tough. I, I was shocked that the Sixers series went as far as uh, it did. I was really honestly uh, at a loss for words seeing like how they were just getting dismantled in some games by James Harden, who, like we said, has completely lost a step. So it, it's certainly an interesting position. Um. But I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I think, 
I don't know how good of a coach Joe Missoula is. Honestly, I feel like I feel like uh, Ime definitely would have been would have been coaching them better up to this point. But uh, I feel like it's more the talent on that team carrying that roster. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not too mad about <clears throat> the whole situation in total. I feel like they still have a very good chance to to close this out uh, pretty handedly. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm giving Miami a gentleman's sweep. They'll go down 2-0. Jimmy Butler will be Jimmy Butler in game three in Miami. And then Boston's going to win game four. They're going to win game five. And I think the Lakers and Nuggets are going to go six or seven. So Boston's going to have some time to uh, get ready for the NBA finals. I agree. I think that the that the Lakers Nuggets is definitely going at least six. Yeah, I think same same way. Same way. Lakers either win it in seven or Nuggets either win it in six. That's how I see it. Hmm. Smart. I think yeah. I'd I'd probably give Miami one game, but a a sweep wouldn't shock me. But also going six wouldn't shock me. Just the way that the Heat always fight. Yeah, I mean, it's never wise to go against Jimmy Butler in the playoffs and Eric Spolstra, by the way, because <laughs> if they don't have they don't have Spo as a coach, they're not this. They're not in the conference finals. I just want to put that out there. There's a reason why we said he's one of the only like likable coaches in all of sports by the fan base. And I bet you we could find some Heat fans that were complaining about him during the regular season when they were oh, yeah. struggling. It probably wouldn't be that hard to find, truthfully. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about real quick? Like I just mentioned, Boston and Miami will play game one tonight. The uh, Lakers and Nuggets play game two tomorrow night. I think I think we hit like everything, everything that we could within the twenty four hour period since the last time we talked. All right, let's wrap up here then, guys. Thank you for listening to the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share. We greatly appreciate all the support. Until next time, bye bye.